Hello, you're listening to Sonder Garden. This is your host, Odessa. In today's episode, I'm here talking with Bobby Mann. Bobby is a UW-Whitewater student that I met prior to coming to school here. I met Bobby and his roommate, Nick, at La Tienda, downtown Whitewater, about three or so months ago, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, why don't you tell everybody a little about yourself? Well, again, my name is Bobby Mann. I'm studying entrepreneurship and marketing. I'm doing a double major. Um, I'm, uh, I'm part of Phi Delta Theta here on campus. It's a, a smaller fraternity. Um, I've been loving it. I'm pretty involved with the school. I do a lot of philanthropy events and such. Um, I don't know. I just really like to, to really be involved, and I'm really happy I'm here, you know, kind of kind of here to tell my story a little bit right? because uh, I don't know this this podcast kind of really means a lot to me in Odessa I it feel. does yeah and Bobby is the reason why I actually named the show Sonder Garden he was the one who introduced me to the word Sonder which is the realization we're all living a life as complex as yours so you can take that as you will but where are you from Bobby? I'm from a small town uh, in Braidwood, Illinois. It's kind of, it's kind of out in the sticks a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely grew up uh, in the country in a small, uh, kind of a fisherman y area. Every, every I grew up around a ton of people who fished. Literally, there was lakes around us all the time. So a lot of like going out and kayaking, um, going to like the beaches and stuff. My dad taking me out ice fishing a lot, and that was kind of like the small town environment I grew up in. And that's a lot like Whitewater. Have you, I mean, it's a small town, small college town. Have you gone fishing at Whitewater Lake? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I brought my pole up and a few of my fraternity brothers, like that's last fun. year and stuff, would go out and, you know. That was all cast. before you knew me. Yep, yep. Actually, yep. we haven't been there together, so I don't know if you've ever been because it's 15 minutes outside of the town. So I don't know how many students actually make their way out there. Well, the thing that kind of sucks um, is the, the lakefront over here. It's like entirely dried up. So we For used that. to go fishing there, but it's 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 dried up now and then. Mm-hmm. I guess Whitewater Beach is the only place. But yeah, so that's kind of where I grew up, a little small town vibes. But then when I came here, I kind of felt like, I don't know, it felt bigger to me, to be honest. I, really? I grew up in a really small school, so this, to be honest, felt like huge. And I felt like it, like it was my first time, like actually like, getting out somewhere because I grew up in like this small well you're from an, a little over an hour away so anywhere that's three hours three hours yeah. away. Yeah. yeah yeah so anywhere that's that far would feel different but it's kind of funny that you say that this town feels bigger because I mean I grew up here and I've seen bigger and well, it yeah, does not yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel big but no that's interesting yeah no I don't when I uh I don't know, when I came here, like, I just remember, um, it's like one of my first days here, like, I had people knocking on my door, and they made, we made, like, a group chat, all the freshmen and, and nylons, mm-hmm. and we all got invited out to, like, this volleyball, the sand volleyball night. Oh, right. And I remember, like, not knowing anyone, and I was like, this freshman who didn't know anything about anything, and all, <laughs> and all these people who I just met told me to go out there. I mean, that's like the fun part about college, yeah. especially living in the dorms. Mm-hmm. It's just a community of people that are all in the same exact situation as you were in at the exact 
point in their life. Yep. Which it, you'll never yeah. have an opportunity like that. And I guess what they talk about the college experience, that's a big part of it. No, that's why it's so easy to make friends because I remember going to the game and I'd just be playing sand volleyball with everybody and, you know, learning my name and, and stuff like that and they're cheering me on as I'm, you know, diving for a ball, just acting like a kook and, you know, getting lunch after with them and those are like some of my like first like Your friends. Experiences yeah, and I, I still talk to them here now and Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird when you first are in college because I feel like everybody's so new and everybody's so just looking for friends. So it's like really, really easy. And it is, I'd say it's easier for some than it is others. Because yeah, I'll sometimes go on Whitewater Yik Yak and I'll see people say, I can't make friends here. Yeah, no. And I, maybe it's a difference. I mean, I've only been here now second semester for a short few weeks. Well, I guess a couple months, but mm -hmm. I've been a little bit out of commission. That's a, another story for another time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's interesting. I guess it has a lot to do with how involved you are on campus. And, and that, that's, the, that's the big thing. I was, I got super involved right away. And, it, and when you do that and you set that path for yourself, like the, it just, people come as they go, you know, like you, it's gives you that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'll say though, coming here, not being a student because I transferred here from Marquette second semester, sophomore year. It's a little difficult. I will say it's a small school. It's naturally no bigger than Marquette was, but people are very much used to staying friends with who they've known since the beginning of their experience and branching out beyond that group of people people aren't necessarily that comfortable with. But I guess that kind of tells who we are in our relationship because I said that we met in La Tienda, but how that actually happened was I eat there at least a few times out of the week because my friend Gabby, it's a family owned business. I will go eat there, I'll spend time with the family, friends. It's with, besides even eating good food, it's good company as well. So I'm sitting there eating by myself at a table. It's about a couple months before I start being a student at UW-Whitewater. And I see these two bozos walk in, obviously never been there before, asking, what should I order? And I look at them and I go, okay, these are students. One has, I think it was Bobby, wouldn't you say? You were the one with the lanyard hanging out yeah, in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like every college boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I could tell they're college students besides the lanyard, just kind of the way they were acting. And they sit next to me. And I just look over and I just spark a conversation. Do you go here? Just ask that simple question. And here we are, three months later, sitting in a room recording this episode. So it's just, it's really amazing that small choice I made in that moment, how it has brought this friendship together. Like our worlds have now collided, it's awesome. No, definitely. You're actually the first person I've become friends with here at UW-Whitewater, so I felt it was very fitting that you were one of the first people that I interviewed or yeah. talked with on this podcast. All because you said hello to some stranger in some small ass diner and not diner. <laughs> or, or uh little little well, shop little shop. Yeah, no, but it's it's amazing what little moments in like life can do, you know? Mm -hmm. But why don't you tell me a little bit more 
about you wanted to talk about. You said something to me earlier. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I guess. I guess I'll talk about. I think my kind of experience with Sonder and how. Because I, I wanted to like go in depth a little bit about that. Right. And. So when I first met Odessa, like it was like. Just a, it was just a, a total stranger, who just who pretty much just came into my life and, you know. And there was not one mutual person we knew. No, no. That Lily, was that she was. Just said hi. It wasn't like oh you're friends with this person because that happens a lot in classes and especially with social media. You see people you don't really know them. You see them on Tinder, whatever those apps are, right? Yeah. And it kind of allows you to, not to fully commit to putting yourself out there to someone who you have no type of relationship with. So, Definitely. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... No, you're perfectly fine. And, uh, no, that's, that's so true. And, uh, I remember, uh, when you said hello, like, instantly clicked, like, and because I think that's, like, the really big thing about Sonder is that, like, there's strangers around you 24-7, you know, those people who are driving past you in cars, the people who sit next to you in class. And all you see them as is a stranger, just someone who you don't know entirely. But those people who are sitting next to you, they're, they're probably so much like you, but you just haven't yet had that conversation with them. And that's kind of this whole idea about Sonder really is realizing that People are as complex as yourself. Those people They're in class. They're going through the same hardships. Same hardships. Same challenges. Mm -hmm. Same emotions. We're almost all the same. No, I, every every person is just a person. We all feel human connection and emotion, and I think a lot of times we don't realize that about people because I feel like a lot of times we're caught up. In what's happening with ourselves that we don't wonder to look around and, and wonder what's going on with that person who just brushed brushed by you at Walmart or something like that or what's going through their head and I think it's it's important to to meet strangers to not be scared to say hello to someone and spark up that conversation because you'll never know where it'll lead you and you'll never know that the type of complex person you'll meet. And Odessa is a perfect example of that, of a person who just said hello and that was that. And I just think there's a little bit of beauty in there. But I did want to talk about the other side of Sonder. Before you actually get into that, okay. I actually wanted to talk about, and I think, because we've had many conversations, yes. versions yes. of what we're talking about today. Yes. And I think one thing that I consistently bring up myself is why don't we do that why don't we take the risk to put ourselves out there why are we so afraid of rejection because I think that's what it is I think it is rejection but why are we so afraid of it because before technology before our phones that's all people could do to meet each other was to say yeah. hi to a stranger introduce other people to other strangers Mm -hmm. And now we have our phones, we hide behind these pieces of technology in our hands, and it has completely destroyed human contact. 
human contact in organic, tangible ways. And I think when I started thinking about, well, when I learned about slander, it made me think about that. And it, I've always been one to have a love-hate relationship with technology and social media. And I've tried to take steps away from being so independent on it. Yeah. Because, you know, if I had been just sitting in La Tienda by myself on my phone, not look up at the world that's in front of me, notice that these two boys who obviously go to UW-Whitewater walked in. If I wasn't so scared to take the risk to say hi, I maybe would have never met you. I don't know how I would have met you, you know, because we're in different majors, different mm -hmm. parts of the school, live on different sides of campus. It's just really upsetting sometimes to think about how there's so much loss and opportunity and we don't even see it because this is normal. Yeah. So I just, I think that was like something I wanted to add to that before you got into the no. other parts of Sodner. No, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've been wondering that too. I feel like a lot of people, especially our generation when they're born, are very deprived of like actual human connection. Because I, I feel like, and I, I see this, I feel like, you know, you're, you're born into this world and you're a baby and you're held and you're comforted and you get so much attention from your parents and your mom and your dad. And that's, that's, that's a good childhood. Like that's the proper way to, to grow up. But at a certain point, I see children, you know, not getting that emotional connection with their parents and they'll maybe get like an iPad in front of them right. and that's all that to takes distract up. them. Yes. When when in reality like they should just be looking out their car window, looking at the world instead of something that's very fictional. And I think what people have gotten used to is fictional emotional connection. Yes, and <laughs> you couldn't have said that any better. No, I, I, I firmly believe that because our experiences now happen Online, I remember some of my best moments when, um, you know, I lived I lived in a community where there was a lot of older people around, mm -hmm. and I didn't know necessarily how to ride a bike yet, um, and I was still in that young phase. And I just remember some of my best friends being people I'd play Call of Duty with, just guys who I'd get on every day and talk to them, and that's a connection. Like that's that's a that's a that's a that's a connection that you have with them, but it, it, it's not necessarily the same as being with someone in a group of friends and going on a road trip or or doing something like that. You know, you that, know? <clears throat> I was thinking about when you were talking about where you grew up and what you do on your free time. So I grew up in the country where I didn't have a neighbor next door to go hang out with or I didn't live in a neighborhood of children where we could play at the nearest park. Yeah. And I grew up with two older brothers, and they're boys, and they're four and eight years older than me. So even though I'd say a lot of my childhood, I do remember playing with them, but there was a lot of time spent by myself learning how to entertain myself. I Likewise, think, yeah. I believe that if I grew up today as a kid, what would I be doing in my free time? I think I would be sitting on my phone, maybe what, what I do now, which is really unfortunate, 
now I think about it because even though I'm saying all this, I, at least I'm glad I can remember a period of my time when that didn't exist. When I'd literally simply go outside to play in my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> play pretend. I would make a whole world exist just through my own brain. And I would have probably, I'd probably look a little crazy, you know, I would... I would be having com full out conversations with my fictional friends, but I learned to be creative. I learned to be independent. And I think those two things are very important and make me who I am. Definitely. But if I had a piece of device to distract me from learning how to do those things, and I wasn't even learning them intentionally, it's all I knew, but I wouldn't be the person I am. And I would probably have to learn the harder way <laughs> of oh. being much older. No, definitely. Our childhoods, like, really shaped who we are, and it depends on how we grew up. And like I said, yeah, I grew up in the sticks a lot, but I remember, I remember, you know, I would be involved with my dad's uh, club wrestling team, and I always had that, and, and doing that growing up, like, made me interact with a lot of people and almost gave me teaching lessons. But I remember just everything about being a kid, it, it, it shapes your life. Because you did need to be imaginative and you did need to... Because you couldn't always... Because on Sundays, yeah, I would go out and, you know, be part of my dad's wrestling team and, and stuff like that. But, I don't know, I, I think as kids, especially nowadays, I feel like we are... Like, back to that word, deprived of, of emotional connection with other people and, and the real conversations that you have with people. I feel like a lot of things are very non, not real necessarily between people. Are you and talking about people our age or people both. in general? Both. I feel like nowadays we have that fictional emotional connection because we're constantly getting something from text messages, from phones, from, you know, people who are, and that, that's a connection through something, but it's not the same as a conversation. I feel like a com. I feel like I literally feel like conversations, like, ha have such a big impact on people. Oh, why do you think so many people go to therapy? Is to have yeah, to literally conversations. have conversations. Yeah, because they don't. We're deprived of real conversations. Yes, one hundred percent. Definitely, because a lot of people I also feel like don't even want to open up about themselves because. We're so used to hiding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're fear rejection because, and rejection is good. Like imagine if you got everything you ever wanted. Oh, it would be absolutely no growth in your life. No. You, would, <laughs> you wouldn't be who you are if it weren't for loss, rejection. It was very important to experience. And it's not, exactly. and if you don't look at it as a loss, but rather, something that's pushing you further in the direction that you want to be, the things that you hope for, dream about. If you just alter your mindset just so slightly, you'll be more willing to take those chances. Yeah. No, I couldn't have said it better because like that's so true, especially about just people. That's just what people need. And like back to the conversations, like true conversation is everything. Um, to tie this back, um, 
to, to saunder a little bit. Saunder, saunder is actually a word from the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Right. It's an entire book of... We'll do a little promo. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, this... it's We both have this dictionary, and yes. I, I swear to God, I read at least a couple words before I go to bed at night. And I, I sometimes it's a little hard to remember what the word was, but I'll never forget the description that the word has or the meaning behind it because you will automatically, I promise, you'll read something and you'll go, oh my God, this is real. People actually think of this. So, yeah, Bobby, he actually told me, was it maybe the second time that we ever hung out? Yeah. He, he got the gist. He knew I was a pretty deep person. No, yeah, from the start. <laughs> from the get-go. And he told me about this book and I went, wow. I mean, I was a little speechless. I didn't know what to say because I never heard of such a thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing else existed prior to this. And... I remember where we were when it happened, that you told me the word Sondra. That's how much of an impact it made on my life. We were walking outside of your dorm, yeah. and we were walking through the parking lot, and there was a car passing us. And as he is beginning <laughs> the whole Sonder uh, explanation, mm -hmm. he says, take, it, take that guy, for instance, who's just passing us. He goes, you'll never know what he's going through. It could be exactly how, what you are and today, tomorrow. You'll never know his story, but he has one. And I, you know, I can't sometimes even remember what I did an hour ago or where I set something, but the fact that you, that conversation that we had, I could mm -hmm. literally tell you every single detail behind it. And there's, and what do you know, oddly enough, the guy who wrote this book, uh, Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, he, it, it, backstory, it's pretty much a book about um, feelings and emotions that we don't have the language to express. But we all. But we all feel them. Yeah, we And do. we all experience them. So he took all these experiences and emotions that we, that we feel all the time and he gave them meaning and words to them so this feeling of uh, the realization that everybody has a story Sonder, he made that word up right that wasn't a word that has been in in, 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 a, in the in dictionary. dictionary it's it he he created that we're word. almost talking another language oh, right here <laughs> I know, I know. and uh, he got this and I actually followed him for a long long time I was I was a big nerd over this book because I found it so interesting that he was creating words that that didn't exist for for emotions. And I he felt built so this true. over years. Yeah, over years he had a form where people would even put in their own words. Right. And he finally created this book, and it, it oddly enough came out like as soon as I met Odessa, and I I like this was my second day owning the book, and I told her about that word Sonder, and to me Sonder like. That was big. That was the big word in that dictionary that meant the most. It's on the but, cover. <laughs> yeah, it's literally on the cover. But there's also another word that means a lot to me, and it goes back to conversations, and that's flashover. And flashover means it, it's the moment where a conversation becomes real and alive. And to me, that word is 
is so true now and will forever be because that is that's the goal with any conversation it's to get past the oh how's your day going nice okay my day's because going good because we we talk as if we te- we're yeah. talking like we text yes it's because it's as if all we know is how to type with our fingers yeah. and it's just translates mm-hmm. it's uh it's 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 after that point where you share that moment of interest with the person and you realize that you feel that connection like you both find something in common like you both find that um you guys really love um you know watching watching football or you guys both really like rock climbing and then you go on and on and on and on and on right and it's less what you're talking about but the fact that you're and you're sitting in that room with that person and it's nothing, engaged it's yeah. engaged it's and just, as soon as that common interest happens there's a spark and that's when the conversation explodes and it becomes real and meaningful and that's flashover and that's flashover no it's a and i think that that word and is is what needs to be happening with with everybody and i think everybody needs to have those real conversations and i because hope, we're deprived of it yeah and i hope that my podcast my goal with my podcast Sondergarden, is to promote flashover conversations yes we don't have it enough no. we need more of it no. my time is your time i want to know people's stories i want to learn about people but i want people to learn about others realize that they're not alone that they have a story too whether or not they think they do they do mm-hmm. And I believe that, and I think since, I've always thought that, but I yet didn't have a word to describe that. Yeah. And now I do. And, and thanks do. to you, because I simply said hi to a stranger. And that's what it's all about, is saying hi to a stranger and finding out the complexities of their life. Because that's, that's what's real in life in those conversations that we've had before and that I've had with other people and just conversations in general, like that's what sticks with you for the rest of your life. Like you're gonna remember those moments in the conversations or those things that people have said to you. It's not gonna be who commented on your Instagram post. (laughs) It's not gonna be what people, what you think matters. If you, if you thought that mattered, I promise you it doesn't. doesn't. If you didn't before, you're not alone. And that, and that just brings it back to actual human connection. Think think about an, an Instagram post and someone comments on it rather than you're walking down the street and someone compliments your outfit. Like you're literally gonna be holding on to that oh, it's gonna for the rest of the day. And it's gonna make you feel amazing. Yes. But I promise you when if someone were to say the same thing on your Instagram post, love your fit. You're so pretty. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna heart it and feel absolutely nothing behind that. Yep. It's... Like back to what I said, being deprived of actual human connection. Human emotional connection, I should say. Yeah. I don't know. I like to take a moment and just like really like think about that for a second. Like I, I feel so strongly about that. And I really feel like we're onto something with that. 
And even I think about when I'm sitting in class mm-hmm. and, the le- and the professor is just lecturing to everybody. People are sitting on their phones or laptops typing away. Some people are taking notes. Everyone's doing their own thing. And the professor, you know, promotes. I've never had a professor who says, don't ask questions, don't engage in the class. I, when I went to Marquette, I go to UW-Whitewater now, there's simply no difference in the feeling of both classrooms I would sit in. People don't know how to engage. And, you know, I, I understand that sitting in a classroom with random people, like, it's uncomfortable. It's not like talking to your friends. It's not like breaking up into groups and you recently just started talking to the person who sits next to you. But when even a class engages in the content, can share their story, which it just makes everything more interesting. I decided when I come, when I came to UW-Whitewater, I was going to switch my degree to special education and that's my story. And that's kind of where everything began for me in this Saunder Garden beginning. But I have a lot to say about my experiences in special education from my brother, Kian, he has Down syndrome, but also all the volunteering and work I have done with students with special education or special needs, I should say. And so I have a lot to share. And so I'll sit in class and I'll listen to the professor talk, talk, talk about what we're being tested on. And I share what, how I can relate to this. The things that she's not talking about, but are just as or even more so important. I recently broke my leg and I haven't been in class for about a few weeks. I got on a call with my professor just to talk about, you know, we're checking in, talking about where I stood in the class. And at the end of the conversation, she said to me, Odessa, I miss you. And she hadn't had me in class for more than just a few short weeks. And I laughed a little bit because I said, what do you mean? And she said, when you were in class, you shared about personal experiences of yours that made my class interesting it made other people share theirs Mm, since you being gone she goes nobody talks and i just thought that was really interesting and i mean it meant a lot to me because i'm also sharing that you know knowing that half the people probably don't care aren't listening, but I'm not sharing it for those people. I'm sharing about for the ones who do care, who do want to be there. And even if it's just one person in the room, and if it's even just my professor, if she can learn something from what I'm saying, that's good enough for me and I'll raise my hand again. Yeah. And that kind of ties to another class I was taking here where my professor was talking about why do we go to college? What do we do in college? And he asked us to raise our hands and he said, how many of you come to college because you feel like that's what you have to do? And every damn near everybody raised their hand. He asked a few people, what is their reasoning for coming? One said, if I want to make money, that's 
what I have to do or I wouldn't be here. And I probably won't be able to say it as beautifully as he did because it was his lecture. Maybe he's had that same conversation year after year after year. But someone spoke about how we feel so much pressure coming out of high school knowing what we should do. And they don't know and they feel like either they're wasting money coming, they're wasting time trying to figure it out. And they end up settling for something that they really were never that interested in, but were, was cornered into it. He says, well, what are you doing about it? He goes, do you ever sit down and think about what are you interested in? Do you ever make a list of things that mean something to you? Goals, things you live by. And he said, what do you do Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because Thursday, it's a big day. <laughs> UW-Whitewater, weekends start Thursdays. So that was a little funny. But he said, what do you do Thursday, Friday, Saturday? You go out, you party. It's normal. That's the whole part of the <laughs> making a full circle out of this conversation. It's the college experience mm -hmm. to meet people, socialize. He said, though, you, you know, you're complaining about things that you do nothing absolutely about. We are not enough curious. We have no curiosity. We just kind of let life live for us instead of living life for you. And that's kind of what I took from the whole conversation. And when I was at Marquette, I was studying journalism. And I would say I'm a pretty good writer and I have a few family members who study journalism as well and it just sounded fitting coming out of high school. But I always deep down wanted to study special education. I've done a lot of work and I've loved it. It's never felt like work. I shouldn't even call it work. It makes me happy, but there was a lot of reasons why I chose not to pursue it right away. One being one of the best special education colleges to go to is UW-Whitewater. Really? I mean, I it's, know you know, it's actually, I should say more, it's an education school. Mm. And out of all, the, all UW schools, Whitewater is where you go for education. And so they have a good spec ed program. Yeah, interesting. And I told myself, as soon as I graduated high school, I am leaving and I am not coming back. Fair. And sure enough, I decide after a little over a year of being at Marquette, and I love the city of Milwaukee. It offered a lot of opportunities, activities, but I didn't feel fulfilled. And I realized if I want to do what actually makes me happy, I have to take the risk of going back to Whitewater. That was just something that I never thought I was gonna end up doing. And it's been challenging in ways that I didn't even think about it would when I made the decision to come back. But I have a purpose here and I have a goal. And it's never made going to school so much more fun. It makes it so 
I don't feel like I actually have to go to class. I actually want to go to class. Definitely. So that whole conversation with my English professor, it really resonated with me because I will say about no more than 85% of the students who go to college are kind of just going, just from, just from who is sitting in that room, who raised their hand, are just going because they have to. I will say I'm fortunate enough to go because I want to. But that was also had a lot of trial and error behind that and a lot of hard decisions to make because a decision I made at a place I was established at socially is if we're going to talk about meeting friends. Freshman year, you're a freshman and you are amongst all freshmen who have all just left the home, all living in a dorm, a place where you can meet your people right away. And I did that somewhere else. And then I came to Whitewater and I'm now living in an apartment. And I'm not living in a dorm setting where it's easy for me to just make those friends. And that's kind of a reason why I decided to speak to you. I didn't have I knew I knew going in I wouldn't have unless I got seriously involved right away. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a community of people who already knew me to o- to make me feel like I had plans on the weekends once Thursday ro- rolled around. I would have to put myself out there and I'd say that day I met you in La Tienda was one of my first examples of it. And I think it it really wasn't one of my first examples in my life and I think that's a different conversation, you know, talking a little more about childhood, but Mm-hmm. more recently and I think you know it's easier to meet a stranger as a kid definitely oh 100% but my dad once told me that the worst thing someone can say is no and I live by that because what is so bad about the word no I mean it's uncomfortable it's not always what you want to hear but if that's the worst thing about it, it's simply not that bad. No, it's simply an action of moving on from it. Yeah, it's okay. If you don't want to, I'll find someone else who does. So, yeah. No. It's very important to, to realize that, I think. There's a lot of realizing going on in this conversation. Yes, yes. I hope when, I, you, when you keep on talking, it just keeps on making me think and think and think. But, yeah, no, I... I'm really grateful for my experiences coming here and what's brought me here and the people that have actually pushed me in this direction. A few weeks ago, I said I broke my leg and I, it, was my, it was a week before my 20th birthday. Mm-hmm. I had big, big plans on my 20th birthday. I was turning 20th on the 20th. So I had plans to go out with my friends, maybe to Milwaukee, visit them, go to a city, maybe get a hotel, go out for the night. And then that all just came crashing down. And I had to do something low-key and wholesome at home with my family. And I decided to invite a few close friends, and I say a few, I think it was maybe about 
10 or so friends that came over that I had recently met and each person I invited came. And I still think about that. You know, I didn't know some of them longer than a couple weeks, but they came to my childhood home, not not just my college apartment, you know, where I'd feel comfortable. I mean, I'm, I'd hope I would do the same for somebody else, and I think I would. Definitely. But I think also about the people who visited me almost every day, who brought me things to do, knowing that I couldn't do a lot, but the, the little things to take my mind, distract my mind from the situation I was in. I think about the people that held me up when I couldn't stand on my own, emotionally and physically. If, and I think we, we all have those people in our life, but a lot of those people were relatively new in mine, who I didn't know when meeting them that they were gonna be there in that, in the hardest situation I've ever had to face in my life. I think like the whole message behind our conversation is take those risks. Whatever, whatever those risks look like for you, feel like for you, take them. Yeah. The worst can happen is a no. <laughs> worst can happen is a no. And I think it's important to at least at least say what you want to say, do what you want to do, because you're going to regret not. And sometimes in life, I feel like we're too caught up with, with getting denied or getting rejected or not doing something out of fear, but you're, you're, you're hurting yourself continuously thinking and thinking and thinking about it rather than just being blunt and honest and truthful. And if it doesn't work out and you fall down, it's okay. You just gotta get back up. When one must, one can. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, I just wanna say thank you for coming on for my first episode. This was this was better than I could have ever imagined. And introduced the show mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. A little bit about ourselves yeah mm -hmm. but thank you so much of course and okay. i'm sure you'll come on the show many more times yeah yeah, but yeah. tell some stories tell more stories thank you <laughs>